Hello and welcome to Two For None, your favourite cricket comedy podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Cullen, and sitting across from me, filling in for the big pop-pop Chris Barty, is the one and only Alex Spinks. Spinksy, great to have you here, mate. Thank you for having me back. I thought I got fired after the last time I was in your living room recording this. Mate, you never got fired. I just had to make room in the roster for the B train. That's fair. You know, I need it. it Resting. You need to be, you know what? You're the Scotty Boland of this podcast. Oh, that's really bleak for my future. <laughs> <laughs> but Spinks, you average under 10. That's true. You I, know? It's true. It's true. You know what I mean? Whenever you come in, you hit really hard. You take heaps of poles. Everybody's pleased to see you. And then you disappear sometimes like the night. But you're always in our hearts. Yeah, this is probably how my dad would sum me up. He's like, you're really good in Melbourne. <laughs> He doesn't live in Melbourne. Far out. <laughs> I felt that one, mate. I felt that in my waters. I really did. Um, look, Spinksy, you are here um, not only because you're a very, very funny man. I'm very pleased to have you in my life. Thank you so much. Both of these things are true. But also because Chris is now officially a dad. Yeah. Yeah. And that sort of delayed our recording from last week. We're oh, going to do an he, episode. Has he not been getting much sleep or... No, apparently not. busy doing something else? Do you know what it is cool, though, that... His baby, Jack, has the same birthday as this handsome orange red-headed guy. I didn't know he had my birthday. January 17. Oh, oh happy birthday for the other day. I yeah, thanks. Yeah, 35. But also, Jack born on the same day. That is unfortunate for him. <laughs> he might end up being one of those kids whose dad was just never really interested in his birthday. Wow, because yeah, his dad's so distracted by my yeah, birthday. Yeah, it's PC's birthday. It's like, PC's I, birthday. I forgot to get him a present. Yeah, exactly. Never dad, mind you, son. Did, what did you get me for my birthday? When is it? Today, Dad. <laughs> Sorry, son. Uh, I'm at Pat's barbecue. I can't help you out. <laughs> I've travelled across the country. Can't help you, son. Aravideci. <laughs> no, but it would never be like that. He's going to be such a... He was sort of almost born to be a dad, that bloke. You know what I mean? Like anthropologically or <laughs> just in terms of his overall vibe. That's true. That's you know, true. like just the way that he approaches the world. He was even like when I was 21, Spinks, I um at around this time actually, a little bit a couple of weeks ago, and but when I was 21, I was I was there being like very upset about the fact that I was about to turn 22. <laughs> and I was like <laughs> I was saying <laughs> Oh cruel world. Oh, I was saying to, we were getting a burger and I was saying to Chris, I was like, Bardo, I don't want to turn 22. You know, I've had such a great time at 21. Like who knows what's going to happen to me at 22. And Bardo was, imagine him with a, with a big burger in his hands and he took a bite out of it. And he said to me, well, what the f*** are you going to do about it? And I said, nothing, Chris. There's nothing I can do about it. He goes, well, you better not winch about it then. And went back to his burger. That's such a dad line. Isn't it such a dad line? I've heard that line multiple times. It's also an introduction to Buddhism in a way. It's about staying in the present. A bit, it's a bit of a Hakuna Matata. It's a bit of a Hakuna Matata. Anyway, that's Chris at 21 years old. So I'm sure at 35, he's going to be a sensational dad. I think he's going to be a wonderful dad. Mate, how have you been? What's been happening in your life? You really good, fella? A lot of work, a lot of cricket, which has been... Wonderful. You went down to see the, the, some of the women's games, didn't I you? I did. I saw uh, the women's ODI uh, at North Sydney Oval, which is a wonderful oval oh, to go it's to. Oh, so good. A day place. on the hill in the sun. Mm. It was just phenomenal. And I missed so much of the WBBL last year. So yeah. it was 
it was good to get back and see them. Mate, I've been struggling to get hold of Heidi Cheadle. I need to probably work harder at it and and be better and hide yeah, no, from it's listening. Fault. It's no, yes. it's not Heidi's fault. It's it's me. I'm the problem. I'm always the problem. Just ask my old man. No, um, <laughs> so much dad chat today. Uh, Spinksy, uh, how did you go? What was your thoughts, mate? Having watching some women's cricket, was anything that stood out to you? Well, the thing that stood out is I'm not sure if you caught it. Was the out that wasn't an out? Mm. So I think it was. Was it Short who was bowling? I, I can't remember. That's really awful. Mm-hmm. But she was bowling. Mm-hmm. She got through her bowling action. She mm-hmm. released the ball. And then the Pakistani batter pulled out. Yes. Pulled out. Something distracted her. At, yes. At the other Took off of the stump. Open. Yeah. Bowled her cleanly. Mm. And the umpire did not know what to do. He kind of looked around. I think he was looking at Meg Lanning to see if she was going to appeal. And then Meg Lanning wonderfully from her and the team to not push it. They just kind of looked away and umpire went, oh, dead ball, dead ball, dead ball, dead ball. <laughs> I was fuming. Were you really? I was at the bowler's end. I might have been the one that distracted her, to be fair. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a tall man and I was sunburned to hell, so. Yeah, <laughs> and were you naked again, Sphinx, just like willing it around like a windmill? I am reformed. <laughs> Thank you. I was in a singlet. Oh, yeah. I mean, that would be distracting enough. To it be was. But, like, the whole ground saw the poles get pulled out of the ground, everyone cheering, and just 13 people on the pitch just kind of looking around going, was that out? What do we do? What do we do? Was Weird. it do, do I walk? I was fuming. <laughs> fuming. It was out. If Adam Zamba can't mancad someone because he got past the vertical in his mm. bowling action, then you can't pull out of a shot when the ball's been released. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're out. We were smashing them anyway, so it was fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, the classic Southern Stars, mate, they're so good. They're unstoppable. Yeah. What did you think watching them live? It was, it was brilliant. Sorry, I just cracked my knuckles over my talking. Yeah. Head. And I look, there Mike, we go. There we go. Um, Mike Wilcox, our editor, will love that. He'll, he'll have a great time with that. Thanks, Mike. Love you. <laughs> love your work. Sorry, Smithy. Yeah, uh, it was brilliant because I haven't been to an international since the last Ashes, the women's Ashes that was out here. Mm-hmm. And we're just unbeatable. Like, Elise Perry is back to hitting 60s in a T20. And she, mm. she hasn't been able to string together a good score or a lot of overs for a couple of years. And she's just romping out there, opening the T20 yesterday and smashing 60-odd runs. Yeah, wow. Like, the dynasty is alive and well. Yeah, 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 and yeah. And I feel like I feel like Meg Lenning, I said to my, my mate, I was with a couple of friends, Brie and Ellie, shout out, hey, guys, you don't listen to this. Uh, <laughs> they can start, man. They can join the flock. Was, Their time is now. I was talking to Ellie and I was just like, how is Meg Lenning still so good? Because in my mind, Meg Lenning has always been there. Yeah. Like when you first remember paying attention and starting watching the women's cricket game, mm. Meg Lenning was there. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Meg Lenning. So I, I had in my mind that she was like 37, 38. Pretty sure she's 32. What? And she was just brilliant at 16. It has been around for 15, 16 years. Wow. And so the game that I went to, um, our Terminator, Beth Mooney, was having a very slow start. Sure. Very slow. It was, I think it was about five off about 20-odd mm-hmm. in the game. Uh, we lost our first wicket, and then Meg Lanning came out and just smacked about five or six boundaries within about 10, 12 balls. And all of a sudden, Beth Mooney went, 
Oh, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> oh, that's... Hang on a second. That's what I do, that's, actually. That's my whole thing. Now I think about it. Yeah, so she let Meg, she let Meg Lennon get to 70 and then let Meg Lennon get out and then went, I'm going to finish my century. I need about 40 more runs and I'll do it in about 20 balls. Wow. She was brilliant. Mate, it, and did you feel like the quality of the opposition bowling was up to scratch or did you feel like it was... On the most part, they... Pakistan women's team have, I can't remember her name, but she is about 5'8 tall and she bowls at about 125, 130 clicks. Yeah, like right. She Repeater. is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. So some of it was. Um, North Sydney Oval doesn't turn that much. In, yeah, in sure. the women's game, you have a lot of spinners. So it's a lot more about just your line, trying to get them, trying to uh, mm. cramp them for space, get a fast ball through and then like bowl a spinner at about 90, 95. So the opposition was... Decent, but it did play at least Perry into form. Yes. So, so take that as you will. Yeah. But there's one thing you don't want if you're an opposition team. It's at least Perry in form. Just because her all round talent is just pretty unmatched, really. It's hard to think of another all rounder, like men's or women's, really, who's been as prolific for as long yeah, as Elise Perry. I genuinely think she lost form when she moved to Melbourne and she left our beautiful. Bondi Beach. I mean, you leave or, Sydney, things happen to your Spinks. It does. It's, yeah, it's, it's just proven. really unfortunate. Yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like she's, because she was, Elise Perry was, especially for like a marketing perspective mm. and for getting young girls into the game and getting men to start watching the women's game. Well, Elise Perry was the talisman. Yeah, for sure. Of women's cricket for a good four, five, six years. And the last couple of years where her form's waned, dealing with injuries a bit, the women's team is still smashing everyone. Yeah. Like, wrong. they don't need Elise Perry to be at her best to win. Mm. Like, we've got young Alana King. Yeah. It's just sure. a brilliant leg spin bowler. Like, absolutely phenomenal. It's that kind of thing where, I've, I've said this in the pod before, but I feel like the, the Southern Stars now are like the men's team in, like, the late 90s, early 1000s, mm. where it's like every person that's coming into the side who's like a young player is exceptional mm. and every old head who's like needs a game or two off or is like coming in and around is exceptional. Mm. It's just like exceptional talent top to toe. Um, and it was what makes it so thrilling to watch, but also like, I, I think I'm far more grateful for it now than I was in the two thousands when I just thought that's how cricket worked. Yeah. Like when you're a 15 year old, 16 year old kicking yeah. around and the Steve Waugh led, Australian men's team is just dominating everyone. 16 wins on the trot. And you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's just what cricket is. Everyone else is bad. Like our first big loss, like in our formative years, was the 2005 Ashes. Yeah. Like the greatest series of all time, which we do not agree with because we lost. Yeah. But that was the first time that we were vulnerable. And then yeah. the England team comes over here. We smash them 5-0. Everything's great. Love it. But we haven't won an overseas Ashes series for, as Since. I said previously, 20 years. Yeah. And so, oh, cricket's not about winning every single game. No. And, and the, when you are in those periods where you are winning those amount of games, it's a time to be like, hey, this is a time when this is important, mm. you know, like this it's, is amazing what's happening. With right the now. women's game, it's, it's getting more and more popular and spreading more and more and more people are coming to the games and hopefully they get paid a bit more. That would yeah, be lovely. Be nice Cricket Australia, the, if you're listening. The tickets to the ODI were $20. That's what? less than a big bash game. That's less than a big bash game. That's mental. It's horrendous. Anyway, as the women's team is getting, like they are in the formative years of women's cricket, they are the best. Mm. They are just the best. 
the young ones are the best, the older ones are the best. best. The older ones who are four were old aren't old. They're younger than me. They've just been doing a tendulka and playing since they were 16. Oh, it's ridiculous. Wild. Absolutely wild. Mate, um, I are uh, not on the same level at all, but I did just quickly have to mention my my club cricket game from last week's things. Did you have a good day? I We had the most incredible... I did not help. <laughs> <laughs> Me personally, speaks. I scored really well. Um, uh, we played a team called St. Christopher's Gold. Uh, and St. Christopher's... They, they were about... There are a couple of spots below us on the ladder. This is eighth grade park cricket. I'll have you know. Upper echelons. Upper echelons. And, mate, they, they came to us and they batted first and they made 202 Sphinx. 40 over game? 35. Oh. 35 <laughs> over Sphinx. 202. V- village cricket with a strike rate of, like, what, 7.3 7 7 and over. And over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got carded, Sphinxy. I got one wicket. I think I got one for 23 off three overs. Um, like a full toss that he miscued to mid-wicket? You, yes, to cover. <laughs> Yeah, and look, man, I was not feeling good about my life. When did the drinks break? Like, they were four for 82, I think. And, um, yeah, after 35 overs, they made 202. And we were just like, we're knickers and nudges, mate. Mm At the best of times. Mm -hmm. Like, I love all of them. All my runs go to third man. Yeah, between sort of third man and fine leg. You know, that's our prime scoring zones. But we had this one Bangladeshi dude whose name is Rema. And Rem plays all T20s, right? He's notoriously injured. And this time he'd like, he'd smashed his foot in a different game trying to hit a six and could not run. So he like hobbled out to the center, the third of like the full of third wicket for like, we lost our first, we lost our opener in the first over. We lost our number three in the second over. We were like two for two after two. We're in a bad, bad way. Oh, it's not two for none. So, you know. Hey. Rammer comes to the crease, Spinksy, and he just takes the long handle and he hits 28 runs, <laughs> all sixes and fours, in literally three overs. And all of a sudden, we're like, oh. And then a couple of other blokes start hitting him and hitting him. And eventually, wildly, insanely, we got to the end of the game and we needed four runs off the last over to win it. Mm. And our. our um, You've opening- been striking at seven and over. Up until this point, you know. Well, that's what easy. I will say, Sphinx. Uh, they did have a couple of blokes who had to leave early. So <laughs> <laughs> they only had nine fielders. You didn't sub them in with two of your no, guys? No, no. Sphinx, we don't do that sort of thing <laughs> around our way. And um, a couple of them were teenagers. And there were some also old blokes who had like done their Achilles and were trying to field it slip and now had to field it carbon and were having a bad time. <laughs> there was a kid who was about 16 bowling the last over. And first ball's a single. Second ball, the batter's been told, Neil Commissioner Gordon has been told he has to get off strike. He's about 64 now. Mm-hmm. And he drives it to mid on and it goes straight to the fielder. And Neil, to his credit, sprints anyway. <laughs> and <laughs> gets run out of the bowler's end, right? So Jimmy Ben is our opening bowler, our, um, our all-rounder. He's on strike and he's got to get, he's got three runs to get, Spinks. He's got three runs to get and he's got three balls to do it. And first ball goes through to the keeper. Second ball, he hits straight to bloody cover. No, it's gully, sorry. They've only got nine fielders. How are you picking them out? I don't know, Jim. How is he picking them out? Last ball, Spinks, is short and wide. Jimmy cuts it between gully and point. We get four. We win the game. The last ball. Yeah! (laughs) It was incredible. 
sphincter. Did, did you like rush the pitch? You the bet your ass. You had and to. there was this dad here, right? This dad to my left is the dad of one of these teenagers out there. Was trying to give us shit about the scoring. Mm-hmm. Was trying to like talk nonsense to me about how a waist high full toss isn't a no ball. And I, Sphinxie, bowled a lot of waist high full tosses that day. <laughs> I am experienced. <laughs> I don't know if you know. And what a waist high full toss is. I've been pulled off the field numerous times <laughs> and been unable to finish my overs for bowling waist high full tosses. I'm a dead weight to this table. <laughs> I know what a West High Full Toss is. Anyway, and so you bet I bloody gave it to that bloke and let him know, Sphinx. You bet I let him know. Who As you should. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, look, it was bloody incredible. Anyway, look, so what, I think what's important here is to know that, that we beat the South Africans in a test series that the women's team, the Southern Stars, are as they do, killing it, kicking ass. And in lowly park cricket, in eighth grade... (laughs) Wait, the Sixers are number two in the BBL as well. Sixers are number two in the BBL. Steve Smith's hitting hundreds out there. (sighs) Incredible. It's so beautiful to watch. In eighth grade park cricket, Sphinxy, I'm there holding up an end, (laughs) taking wickets with with low, wide, full tosses, baby. I I think you do have a very... Uh, promising career in umpiring. Thank you. Because I I, I don't know too much about uh, Richard Kettlebury's history, but Paul Rifle was a wonderfully middling cricketer. (laughs) And he is a phenomenal umpire. He's a great umpire. He's a very good umpire. He's genuinely... He loves not giving Australians catches. But, you know... (laughs) Controversial. Controversial stuff. Speaksy, we only have one tape to deal with today. Which is a bit, a bit of a bummer, but I was hoping Chris Barty would be able to sing us. He said he'd be able to sling me a tape before taking Is he busy or something? Apparently, something about a brand new human that you have to look after. Oh, oh yeah. Man. My mother-in-law stayed with me for a couple of weeks too. You got no time. You got no time. Got no, you got no time. Got time. So, it means that all we have to hear from today is Tom K. Hawkey. Our own Andy Zaltzman. Yeah. Look, the very best. The best, the best around. Um, and look, folks, if you haven't listened to the pod before, uh, how, are you, how are you here right now? But if you haven't, um, we have correspondents all around the world who uh, send us in tapes, their thoughts on the game. Um, I have no idea what Tom's about to talk about. If Spinksy or I feels like we'd like to stop Tom, we will just say, um, hold up, hey. Hold up, hey. I don't want to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't want to stop, to Tom. Just stop, stop, Tom. Stop. Hit the road. Um, so here he is. This is Tom K. Hawkey with his bulletin from a Brit. Hi there, Tom K. Hawkey here with another bulletin from a Brit. Last episode, Pat and Chris had a brief chat about the Mancat, with Chris essentially saying, stay in your crease, problem solved. However, two recent events have cast doubt in my mind as to whether the Mancat is working for cricket. Mm. First, back in October, England and India were facing off in the third women's ODI. England were nine wickets down, needing 17 of the last 39 balls. Deepti Sharma ran into bowl, then checked her stride and mancadded Charlie Dean. It was an exceptionally anticlimactic way to end a tense match and left a bad taste in the mouth. It also seems like an event that's really hard to celebrate for the fans. Hmm. It's like blowing out your candles on the birthday cake the day that your family have been brutally murdered. <laughs> That is 
genuinely very good, Tom. I know a lot of people have very strong feelings about the manga. <laughs> I did not know it was that strong. How are you feeling in Reman Cat Sphinx? I'm a big fan. Are you really? I am a big fan. Controversial. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the period of time when Ricky Ponting was uh, coaching an IPL team and Ravi Ashwin was a member of that IPL team. And Ravi Ashwin had just started his tweet storm about mm. the mankind, which I think has started a lot of this discussion. And everyone was really, really excited about what that argument between the two of them would be. And we were waiting for Ravi to mancad someone mm. and have Ricky Ponting come out and tell him that it's not in the spirit of the game because Ricky Ponting was always the nicest person on oh, the cricket always, field. always. Always yeah. very nice. Yeah. Like, a lot of things, but always the nicest Wouldn't say a person. bad word to an umpire. Never. Never not, say a bad word to another player either. Not once. Never. Not once. Mm. But he's, <laughs> Ravi started this discussion and I love it. Absolutely adore it. It, it seems a lot of spinners are big fans. Yeah. Because... A pace bowler pulling up in their run up to mancad someone takes a lot of effort. Yeah, it's true. But, you know, Ravi Ashwin, Adam Zampa recently trying to do it. He muffed it. Completely yeah, he beefed muffed it. it. He beefed it back big he, time. Uh, did something that apparently no one knew was a rule, which is now the MCC has now enshrined that. That's the whole thing. The MCC have changed the rules of the game, moved the mancad law into the legitimate Wicket mm, taker. Yes. And after Adam Zampa's in a domestic T20 league beefing of a mancad, have now added that the bowler cannot be past the vertical in Indeed. their bowling action to mancad. So it seems like the MCC, which I thought Ricky Ponting was a part of. Ha, huh, I thought so too. In terms of the, the rules body and the advisory committee, Maybe, yeah. they've now enshrined the mancad into law. So go for it. I tell you what. Don't kill anyone's family on their birthday. Don't kill them on their birthday. That's a great note. Yeah. I mean, let's put that. Let's put that in the let's laws put that, as well. Let's yeah. put that in the laws as well, yeah. Um, there's a bloke who plays for the other Summer Hill team. We're talking about a lot of great cricket today. There's a bloke <laughs> who plays for the other Summer Hill team. He's actually the president of the club at the moment, Phil Tarbox, who's a fan of the club. Phil's in incredible form at the moment, Spinksy. Um, and he, he hits uh, 94 against us a couple of weeks ago. And let me tell you, mate, I was this close to man-catting that boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm genuinely considered it. I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this guy out with a waist-high full toss going outside. <laughs> that he's going to bunt to cover. Like, how am I supposed to deal with this bloke? I could just stop him my run-up and just get him at the other end. I think that would be... Mwah, mwah. Phil, if you're listening, stay in your crease. But Hawkey makes a good point is about the, the anticlimactic nature as a mm. last wicket being a man cad. Yeah, great. Like it's almost worse than a missed penalty at mm. the end of a penalty shootout where it just sails high into the crowd. A Harry Kane, you might call it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or Marcus Rashford, although he got closer. It's, it feels really anticlimactic. Mm. But I think, you know what? If you're three feet out of your crease at the end of a game trying to steal that single, you're out. Yeah. 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 You know, a good thing, a bad thing. It's, oh, you know what I mean. Got me thinking. If a mancat can feel so murky and unsatisfying being the 10th wicket to fall, why should it be any different for the 1st through ninth? Mm. Then, in January, India were playing Sri Lanka in an ODI. Sri Lanka's captain Shanaka was on 98 when Shami affected a mancad. India's captain Rohit Sharma withdrew the appeal on the field. He later stated, we cannot get him out like that. Mm. So if a professional cricketer 
feels the mancat is an unappetizing way to get a guy out who's on the verge of a century. Why should it be any different for someone who's fresh at the crease with no runs to his name? So I'm conflicted. The ICC have clarified the rules to now make mancatting a more legit way of getting someone out. So Chris is right. Stay in your crease, problem solved. However, how many times have you seen a match where a team wins with a scampered single and then you've been incensed to find out that the non-striker had started his run just before the bowler bowled the ball? I'm willing to bet never. And if we got rid of bank adding, can't both teams just use the backing up to their advantage? Sure, the second team knows what they're chasing and they're at more of an advantage, but cricket's full of imbalance like that. It's what makes the game brilliant. Mm. Also, I feel like the punishment... Hang on, Tom, sorry. I'm going to hold you there. I just want to hear from you about that. Do you feel like there's an, an equalness there if both teams have the ability to back up with, in sort of in freedom, so to speak? Mm. I, I, I feel like that get verges on a straw man kind of argument that if you can back up a few feet, why don't you just start halfway down the crease? Imagine it's indoor cricket. Yeah, and, sure. Oh, they're running into bowl. But if you want that scamper single, just, you know, just start walking. When the bowler starts their run up, you start your walk. Yeah. Like that's, cricket is a game of such fine margins, mm. such fine margins, whether it's a quickly taken single, whether it's an edge that bounces just before a slip, all of that kind of snicker is for the faintest of edges yeah. to the keeper. So if you're playing a game of fine margins, then the fine margins are important. Mm. So many of those, especially in T20 cricket is that final single on the final ball that the batsman misses it goes straight to the keeper and they just run yeah if the non-striker has one foot two foot three feet of an advantage in those moments they make it home mm. and so those fine margins end up in results what are you saying about a cricketer on 98 as you were saying that you wanted to mancad oh, old on 94 yeah 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 is no it doesn't feel as good but the batter is taking advantage of social mores in a game that is over 130 years old. And this spirit of cricket debate should be how you play the game, not how you cheat the game. Hmm. And so when Rohit Sharma says we can't get him out like that, maybe he shouldn't have been out of his crease. Interesting. Doesn't really fit the crime. A batter's trying to steal a few extra metres, should he really lose his wicket for that? Yes. Finally, it feels like many bowlers are now trying to trick batsmen into triggering their runs by getting almost into their delivery stride. Sometimes the arms even come over the top before they stop, turn and whip off the bales. To seek answers to my dilemma, I turn to the dumpster fire of opinion that is Twitter for suggested alternatives to the main <laughs> Chris M. Hardy suggests wiring up the batsman's box so that they get an electric shock if they ever leave their crease too early. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I love that. Spence, I love that. That's great. Now, if you can take 300 jewels to the nads, you I, can steal a single. I think that is a wonderful solution. I, I agree. I agree. We might need to tweak that for the women's game, but uh, I love the principle. I think the principle. I, an electric shock is an electric, electric shock. shock. Right? Electric shock. You're not going to enjoy it no matter where. It uh, is. That's a great point. Um, look and look. Uh, obviously, sensitive areas all around. I reckon um, having a some electrodes on your on your nads. Or look, bring back the aluminium box. 
right? Bring back the aluminium. Bring the aluminium back. Just make them a lightning rod. They make it a lightning rod. Oh my god, the visual spectacle. (laughs) We need to watch out in Australia in summertime, but in England, especially in Sydney. Oh, sensational! In the rain in England, holy moly! No one's backing up, baby. (laughs) Let me tell you, like stay. It's twenty-two yards. Forewarned is forearmed. And that's genuinely a brilliant idea. More, Tom. More, please. Chris M. Hardy likely tortured ants as a child, too. <laughs> At Craig the Train suggests that a mancad should result in both batters being out. Craig should go home. Mm. Craig is clearly drunk. Good point. At Ashwin Ravi 99, yes, the Ravi Ashwin, suggests that a non-striker leaving his crease early would result in a free ball for the bowler. Something akin to a free hit when a bowler oversteps. Mm. If the batter gets out on that ball, the batting team loses five runs. I mean, I think if you're going to play that, right, it mm. should be that the batter can't score runs, but they can get out. Yeah. Like, they know what's coming. They can do a forward defensive, whatever it is that is their best defensive shot. But yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. Yeah. Like, a bowler knows when it's a free hit, so they tend to try and bowl full and wide. Yeah. So the batsman knows what's coming. And if they get out, they get out. But if they hit a six, they don't get any runs. I wonder, yeah, I guess as you say, game of fine margins, losing five runs could be a nightmare in a T20. But in a test, meh. Meh. Well, you don't get the free hit in tests either. So. Great point. What am I talking about? I'm high as a kite. <laughs> Got to start doing these episodes sober. most popular alternative suggested is that any runs completed with the non-striker leaving their crease early are chalked off as a run short. Oh! This is my preferred solution. It seems a more just punishment. You try to steal ground on a run, so you don't get the run. It also removes any kidology from the bowler. With a third umpire already monitoring the crease for no balls, this seems workable at an international level. It would, however, be harder to police further down the cricketing hierarchy. I'm still not sure what the solution is, to be honest. I just don't like mancads. Thank you, TK. Great to hear from you, mate. You're such a legend. Thank you for getting a tape in. Really, really appreciate it. Spinksy, it's interesting to see that you and Tom are on opposite sides of this particular world. That's you're... never happened before. <laughs> Not once. You're renowned for having a consistent point of view, you two. Consistently. You're always basically on the same page. We're both such humble men. Humble. Very humble. Um, I quite like the idea of it being called a short run. Mm. I think that's probably the smartest way of doing it. Yeah, and I agree with his point about bowlers trying to duke batters mm. before a man cad is what I don't want cricket to be is like baseball, mm. my most hated sport of oh, all time. Oh, most hated sport. Because that is a game of cheat and sneak. That's the whole premise of it. It's about stealing bases and Mm. pitchers get called on bulking runners and umpires have this imaginary rectangle in front of them that they have to guess that a ball is a strike or a ball or whatnot. Like, it's just a deeply hideous game. Just the worst. And everyone is trying to outsmart the other one in a really underhanded way. And so if the man cad makes bowlers start becoming baseball pitches, mm. get rid of it. Get rid of it. Yeah, shut it down. Yeah, you're right. But his point about being a run short and the no ball is monitored from the third umpire in the top levels of the game, I'm on, I'm on board. I agree with you, Tom. Are you happy? Dun, dun, dun. Mike, can we have that sound effect in, please? Bring it in. Thanks. Thank you, Mike. Love your work. 
Um, yeah, I think that's what. Yeah, I, I think I'm I'm in for that. Um, Smixy, I think that's a, a real red hot vibe. Yeah, interesting thoughts from Tom though. Thank you, TK. Hope you're well, handsome. Hope you had a really good Christmas and New Year and all that stuff. Um, mate, Spinksy, let's get on to our, our final segment of the show. Usually with Chris and I this summer, we've been doing an 11 this summer. Of Big s- fan. Oh, you've been Big enjoying it? Big fan of the 11. Mate, I, I said this to you off air and I'll say it to you again now. My mum, Susie Cullen, fan of the pod, um, absolutely loved your Prime Minister's 11. She thought it was brilliant. She thought it was super duper funny. She was here for it. I've heard nothing but good things about Susie Cullen, and now I just love her more. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she likes your jokes, so that's that's all we can ever ask for. And I thought that given that our Chris Barty, our one and only CTB, is now a dad, we could do an 11 of dad attributes. Mm. An 11 of dad attributes, you might say. He says, mm, as if he was not told about this a couple of days ago, <laughs> he's prepared a list for this very segment. Well, it's going to be an interesting list, Spinks, because yours is thought through. You've spent time on it. You've had some real... Please don't talk it up. <laughs> Please do not talk this up. Well, mine is hurriedly written down moments before we started recording. So I wonder, um, I wonder if we'll see the, the difference in that. I feel that given that you've put actually some thought at least into it, you should probably start. That's how I feel. Okay, so my, my best 11 of dad tributes is mm. the best opener in any... Cricket team or a conversation is a dad joke. Oh, wow. Yeah. It breaks the ice. It sets the tone for the day. Absolutely. You need a great dad joke. That's the best dad tribute. And also Chris Barty, great at dad jokes. Like if he's taking this list to heart and trying to get it to inspire him as a future dad. Please don't use what I say as life advice for you raising a child. Obviously it's life advice for raising a child, Chris. So start with a dad (laughs) joke. I think that's absolutely right. Great number one. Yeah. And, you know. I'm sure he was given the book of dad jokes that every new dad gets. Mm. Like, I'm sure every uh, gynecologist has just the, the shelf of dad joke books. Surely. I think Barno might already know most of them. Yeah, I'd imagine so. I imagine they're in his human body. It'd be great that if you did about to have... You're about to have a baby. Here you are. Here's the book of what's going to happen. Here's the book of first three months. And here's the book of dad jokes for you, sir. I was going to say, is it the, the new parenting books as... <laughs> The dad never gets to the new parenting books because he has this tome, this Mm. 5,000 year old tome (laughs) that's translated into their native language of every dad joke that's ever been. I'm hungry. Hello, hungry. I'm dad. Oh, God. Oh, that's the stuff. (laughs) Number two I have is another good opener. I think of a lot of good cricketing openers, but even Mm. just top order batsmen. It's the dad bod. Oh, wow. Because we've had some wonderful dad bods in the upper order, like Tubby Taylor. Oh, David Boone. Inzamamal Hark. Oh, Inzamamal Hark. Rohit Sharma's a daddy boy. Oh, yeah. And William Gilbert Grace was apparently a portly fellow. (laughs) The original (laughs) greatest cricketer. He's a portly man. Yeah, he's a portly man. And look, you... Again, I'm talking so much about Silent Hill cricket, but coming out in, like, low-grade cricket, if you see a big fella coming out a real rockin' dad bod come out to the crease you're always a little bit worried because mm. you're thinking this bloke if he gets hold of one it's out of here he sometime. loves smashing pies <laughs> <laughs> chuck a few down, of them down that end a few waist high full tosses you're going for the road, yeah mate. forget about it you're over the fence my son brilliant spinks dad joke dad bod great opening combo yeah uh, first drop I think it's the most important first drop is the most important 
better in terms of keeping the team running. Mm. And so I think the most important thing to keeping a dad's life running is the good chair. Wow. Yeah. 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 Very vital. You need a good chair. You've got to have a great chair. And yeah. you're not allowed to sit in the good chair. Mm. Unless dad's away and you've been annoying mum too much. <laughs> She'll let you sit in the good chair. Yeah, exactly. Whether you're reading a book, playing Switch, just making a mess in general, you can sit in the good chair. Mm. Keeps everything running. Yeah. Nice and smooth. I love that. I went and sat in my dad's good chair recently when I was back in Western Australia. Let me tell you. Did he see you? Oh, no, he wasn't around. I was going to say, you're, you're still alive. I'm still alive. Um, and it was sensational, Spinksy. Incredibly comfortable. It's so comfy. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm. At number four, we've got someone who tends to need to control a game. If, if it, a few wickets drop too early, mm. you need to get them in there. And if the top three have batted on really well, you need to continue the pace. Mm. So the best dad tribute that can regulate a game is the innate sense to know when the air conditioner or the thermostat has been changed. <laughs> <laughs> they could be at work 50 kilometres away from your home and your mum will get a text has someone touched the air conditioner remote? They know. They know. How do they know? It's an innate connection. I'll play a little game with you. Please. Do you have an air conditioner in your home? In WA, yeah. Did your dad have a set temperature for cold or warm that it had to be at? Now, look, D.B. Carlin's an interesting case here where he didn't want air conditioning for an extended period of time. His big line was for that air conditioning was for the week, quote unquote. Um, and my mum, Susie Cullen, shout out again, secretly had it installed while he was away. Ooh. And he came back and he was ropeable, mate. He was off his nut until he sat down in his dad chair and watched the cricket. And he was in the air-conditioned room in got Perth. Yeah. And he what? loved it. Mid-December. Yeah. 35 degrees, 37 degrees Celsius. Oui. Sweating bullets. Anyway, look, he does like it cold. Mm. I'm not sure he'd know. He does have it actually when I was there recently. He did have it set to 18 degrees, Ooh, which cool. is cold, mate. To me, that's 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 sacrilegious. <coughs> oh, really? Because I grew up with 24 is the number. Oh, 24. If it is a hot day, you cool it to 24 mm. because you, anyone can deal with 24. If it's mm. a cold day, put it on 24. It's a nice toasty room. Even to wow. this day, I'll be at friends' houses that like it cold or like it hot in the winter. And if it's not on 24, I adjust <laughs> their temperature. Because it's also the least energy draining. Consumption, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. It's best for the environment. Uh -huh. You can deal with 24. Yeah, 24. 24 is a nice natural temperature. You're absolutely right, Spinks. You're absolutely right. Okay, so at number five, mm -hmm. I'm not sure what Bardo's dietary requirements is. And this might be a more regional dad tribute. <laughs> Is my dad, a lot of my mates' dads growing up, have this unreasonable and unwavering love for a steak and kidney pie. Ah. Any organ that you wouldn't normally eat, sure. if it's in a pie, yeah. that's the pie they're buying. Interesting. A liver kidney steak pie. Wow. Just sometimes they'll have heart. <sighs> Just, you know, someone's got to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be me. I guess somebody does. They do. I guess <laughs> no food waste. <laughs> Sensational, Lexi. All right, at number six. Mm. Uh, our all-rounder spot sure. is to show how much dads are really all-rounders. Again, maybe a, a regional thing, but the all-rounder for my dad and my mates' dads is the secret sewing kit. Ah, 
unexpected mm. is my dad, I think it's the only thing he took away from him, uh, away from the army reserves, was how to darn a sock. Wow. And we always know about the biscuit tin, which is the sewing kit in the home. Of course, home. yeah. My dad had a toolbox <laughs> that you'd normally keep screwdrivers in. And he Classic. gutted the framing of that, and that is his secret sewing kit. Dad would darn the socks, he'd darn the trousers, he'd wow. darn, the un- darn the underwear. Incredible. Darn underwear, Spinksy. Yeah, well, it's got holes in it, but oh, I don't want new ones. These ones are comfy. Jesus. That, I mean, that statement, I don't want new underwear. These ones are comfy, is the most sort of, if that's peak dad stuff, mate. Dad chair in his darned dad undies <laughs> with his air conditioner set 24, 24. degrees with his, his dad bod, <laughs> his steak and kidney pie, pie, and his dad jokes. <laughs> this is our batting order. Incredible, incredible. Yeah, okay, I'm ready for the wicket keeper. Hit me with number seven. Our keeper is what makes dad a keeper at home is mm. where you've been, you can be frustrated with your parents, you can be frustrated with your, your place in life. Mm. But when you get home, the things that make you smile is the practical jokes. Interesting. It starts quite young mm. when you're just a little one. It's pull my finger <laughs> and then he'll fart in your face. Lucy, I feel like we're learning so much about you in this. <laughs> and how I'm going to be a dad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that poor child. Uh, but it, it progresses to, you know, the, the fake spider on the pillow, mm. the glad wrap across the door at your perfect head height. <laughs> Especially when you get into your later years and you start working at, you know, Macca's or something late at yeah. night. You walk into your room and all of a sudden there's this Vegemite-covered glad wrap on your door that you don't quite see in the dark. Vegemite covered glad wrap. It's very sticky. That is so much effort from your old man. He had to measure that up, like paste it with, I mean, paste it with Vegemite. Have you you gotten anything stuck on glad wrap? It's really hard. Oh, it'd be a nightmare. Adheses that yeast extract so it rubs all over your face. I think what I'm impressed about your dad with particularly Spixie is his ability to um, stick through with a project. Mm. That to um, He's a handy man. You know, to have a thought come to him and just decide this is it. This is brilliant. I so mean, many times he'd be, you know, in the garage or in the shed either tinkering on a motorbike or a car or something like that. And then you later find out he was just finding out how to stick Vegemite to Gladwell. <laughs> The whole casting was just a ruse. Just a straight up ruse from the old man. Oh, that's so good. All right, so number eight, we've got our starting our bowlers. Yeah. But it's the dad bod again because oh. we haven't mentioned any bowlers who have dad bods. Oh, great point. SK Warren. Yeah. Merv Hughes. Merv Swerve. Yeah. Beefy Botham. Yeah, yeah, classic. Edo Brandy's from Zimbabwe in the 90s. He was, a, he was a, a, a dad body boy and he could bowl at 140 clicks. Yes. Dwayne Leverock, Ooh. who bowled those, who played that one game for Bermuda. <laughs> do you remember? I do. Who he, took the screamer at he first He ate lift? three dads before he came out to the <laughs> I field. I love Dwayne Leverock. Um, and if you haven't gone today and watched his screamer of a catch at first slip. At the World Cup. You've got to go back and yeah. watch it. Beautiful. Now, today, go. Do it. Do it. Anyway, d- yes, dad bods, but dad bollers. bods twice. Because it's very important. It's important. I'm working on it now. I don't yeah. have a kid, but I'm working on the dad. Same, bud, same, yeah. Right, number nine, we've got our bowler who can clean up the tail. Okay. When needed. So yeah, you're Mitchell Stark. Dad's ability to eat everyone's leftovers. <laughs> when you've gone to a restaurant or you've ordered too much takeaway, 
and just the bottomless pit, which is dad's stomach. Mm. It cleans up everything. Yeah, it cleans up. It can clean up the tail for sure. My father-in-law's most famous dish is leftover curry, uh-huh. which is, we've all had curry the night before. Yeah. And the next morning, it needs to be eaten. So no matter what you have ordered, it all goes into one bowl. Oh, no. Is mixed around. Oh, no. Put rice in, reheated, and he will demolish it. Spinky, that's a nightmare. I've never mixed vindaloo and tikka masala and sag before. He has. He strongly recommend. For all of our South Asian listeners, if you're in Pakistan, India, Sri Lanka, please, Bangladesh. Please don't hurt me. I'm so sorry. Please. <laughs> I'm so sorry. He's English. They, they do He's this all English, the time. Right. He's English. It's not his fault, guys. It's not his fault. All right. Far out. The everything curry is a true nightmare. It is the most fascinating thing to watch. <laughs> You cannot mix a palak paneer <laughs> and a lamb vindaloo. You cannot, all right? <laughs> Absolutely not. If you've ever had those moments where you watch a friend or a loved one do something horrendous and just want to commentate it in a David Attenborough voice, <laughs> this is the place to be. Far out, Spinks, far out, strong and, and we see the father-in-law <laughs> pour the vindaloo into the butter chicken. The butter chicken is a curry that was made for his English people, and he has ruined it. And he's absolutely stitched it up. And in there goes the black paneer, <laughs> a vegetarian doll, and the dreams of all of his children <laughs> slowly fading away. Uh, number 10. Uh, it's, it's our line in length bowler, now mm-hmm. bastion of consistency. So... What do dads never fail to do? Like, especially in your teenage years, what is one thing your dad did with unerring consistency? Um, tell me you've got to get organised. Um, comment on uh, music and uh, clothing choices. Best clothes. You're um, in the right area. I'm in the right area. Uh, hit me with it. Embarrass you in front of your friends. I embarrass you in front of your friends. It was staring me in the face. Any comment that you're about you in front of your friends group. And it, it doesn't matter who you are personally. Mm. It's not about them as a person. It's about you as a person. Mm-hmm. So if you have a problem with feeling vulnerable in front of your mm. mates, he'll give you a cuddle and a kiss. Yeah, he'll do that. Dad just wants a cuddle, man. Yeah. He's my special boy. Yeah. If you think you're the smart one in the group, he is going to tell the story about how you tried to push open a pool door and mm. smack your face into the glass. Digby Cullen famously opened the door in the nude. <laughs> my dad always had a threat he never followed through uh, with, if we uh, annoyed him too much he would pick us up from school in a dressing gown swimming goggles and flippers wow very good I think Diggers did actually have a towel now I think about it but it was new to Jason um, <laughs> his dad my great grand, my grandfather mm. um, was a doctor was running a health study in Bustledon and came to my dad's school when my dad was about 10 or 11 and talked in excruciating detail about how he wanted them to go and take a urine sample. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to get, and he was like, his dad was saying that not an Englishman, right? Mm -hmm. But he put on a fake English accent (laughs) to talk to this assembly and was like, I don't want your first bit of urine or your last bit of urine, just your middle bit of urine. So go (laughs) to the toilet and do a pee pee. <laughs> the first part or the last part, just get the middle bit, and dad just died. 
like deceased. And to his credit, never spoke at one of my assemblies. So I thank you for that, Diggers, if you're listening. Yeah, my my dad embarrassed me mostly just because he's had a mullet my entire life. Oh, extraordinary. So he's he's been playing the long game. Mm. And now that he's got grandkids at school, I think he's keeping it as long as he can. But shout out G-Spinks, you did all right. He did all right, mate. You did all right. And, and lastly in our 11 mm. is our bunny in the lineup, something very cute. Yeah. But this is, especially in a world that is moving forward with like celebration of male vulnerability oh. and whatnot, is just dad's lasting loving care and affection. Oh, beautiful. There's no Spinks. jokes here. No jokes. No jokes. No jokes. And Chris Barty remembered that. That's the most important one. That's great, mate. I, I applaud you. I enjoyed that incredibly. So let's go through your very hastily <laughs> written <laughs> Look, um, a, a lot of mine aren't as specific or as well thought through as yours, Spinks, and that's just um, that's just who I am. That's just the nature of the that's game. That's the nature of the game. So look, coming in right from the batting for me, it's, it's a generic dad concept that rings true in my own life, is uh, not asking for directions. Um, more to the point, like, aggressively despising the idea of asking for directions. And I'm sure it's you remembered it being pre-Google Maps times where you'd been I in do. a foreign place. Mm. Uh, we were in France. Um, oh. Yeah, in a car. Uh, and my dad got a job working in the UK and we're on holiday in France. And, um, yeah, we drove around for a long time. <laughs> But you know what we it is? We ended up in Belgium. <laughs> it is. It's, it's a strong attribute. There's a real strong desire to put up a wall. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I'm seeing that as a real, as a real hard defensive um, attribute to open the batting with. One of, a lot of my earliest memories because I'm not from Sydney. I'm from I'm from the bush. And when we would have trips to Sydney is my dad would refuse to ask directions. But what his solution to the problem was, he had a slightly more intelligent than normal child, uh-huh. me, at the age of eight. So he would put me in the front seat and hand me the map. And I had to play the game of you have to be in this lane, turning at this light, at this street, whilst my rural father is swearing at every car, pedestrian, bicycle street sign yeah turning lane that exists yeah because he would refuse to ask someone how do i get to the scg yeah 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 that sounds like it um in number two uh, i've sort of this is this is a two-parter um so we're going to start here and then it comes back later um this is emotional unavailability (laughs) (laughs) it's coming in another two just, the, just you know, an inability to be able to um, identify the emotion that you're feeling and express it. Mm. In, in yourself or others. In, yes, correct. Yeah. The inability to see that other people are having a tough time and, and, and be able to say, hey, they might need mm. something that's not advice. No. You know? I, I think the, the general response is, uh, nah, she'll be right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, works yeah, for cars, yeah. works for people. Nah, she'll be right for me is a late cut between about like third slip and gully. It's a very Steve War attribute. Do you know what Just I mean? That perfect late, late cut. Tink down there. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. So they're opening the batting. Coming in at number three is sage advice, requested or not. Um, <laughs> Unforced <laughs> sage advice. Do you know? Um, a big classic from my old man is, um, mate, you just got to get organised, quote unquote. 
you just got to get organized. And you, you might notice now, Spinksy, I'm a pretty organized guy. You are, you are. And I wonder if a big percentage of that is my dad just telling me that I've got to get organized. But um, dads are great for that. Mm. Sometimes you'll go to them and be like, dad, I need advice about X. And they'll be like, all right, son, they'll fold away their steak and kidney pie. <laughs> put it on their bed. Get off the good chair. They'll get off the good chair. Or they'll ease themselves into the good chair and say, let me tell you. And they'll go and go for it. And I do, I do love that. Um, coming in at number four is a is a dad attribute that I think is is, is this is not a you know a, bits of this are about gender specific and I, I feel that this is less about the the male in this relationship as opposed to the the person who takes on these attributes mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and number four is just taking out the trash, and that can be both in your personal relationships and physically <laughs> moving rubbish from one spot to another. My dad, when we when we're down in Margaret River, um, we are completely off grid, right? And um, so you've got to physically drive the rubbish from the house to the tip, which is about like you know half an hour away. Mm. And he took my nephew, my two-year-old nephew, to the tip. And you've never seen two fellas have a better time in their lives. That's beautiful. My dad and my nephew sorting out recycling at the tip. <laughs> and an innate dad desire to ensure that plastics go with plastics, glass goes with glass, and that, that waste goes with waste, let alone compost. You know, mm. a dad's desire to compost. We, we didn't have a it. compost bin we had a compost corner incredible it was all mowing waste mm. off cuts from veggies waste it was just the compost corner and if you touched the compost corner you were in trouble <laughs> because we wanted to throw compost corner at the neighbor's house <laughs> because they wouldn't give us our ball back and it, he wasn't upset that we threw it at the neighbor's house is that we'd touched Compost corner. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Upsetting the, the, the biome there. Coming in at number five, solid, dependable, necessary. It's barbecue skills. Mm. If you're a dad, you've got to have them. You've got to be able to know how the difference between your scotch fillet, your porterhouse, your various cuts. You've got to be able to have a beer in one hand, sidle up to a barbecue and effectively take it over within minutes. It doesn't matter, like as you said before, who in the relationship that it is, but the one that can grill an eggplant on a barbecue. Yeah, sensational. They are dead. My bunny Nathan uh, down south recently, he won't listen to this because he hates cricket, so I can say this. with Why is he your friend? A great point. Um, Nathaniel barbecued pineapple. It's good. It's great. It's very good. It's, that was powerful. It was barbecued pineapple with chili. It was Char-grilled pineapple disc on a burger. Incredible. <laughs> print it. Cut print save. Number six. It's our all-rounder. It's our most necessary skill. And um, it's something that we've all needed in our lives, Spinksy. It's getting picked up at 2 a.m. <laughs> 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 it's when... It's when you, you're in trouble, right? You can't get out of where you're going. You're, you're hammered. Mm-hmm. You're in not a good way and you need help. You don't have any money. You're screwed. You've just been dumped by somebody. <laughs> um, it, you know, this all happened in one night? Patrick? All one night. Yeah. All one night. Things. And you give the old man a call and he picks up and he sighs and he hangs up. And then 25 minutes he's there and he's bleary eyed. And he gives you shit. He's grumpy. And he's grumpy. He's grumpy. But he does it, you know? My father-in-law did that for my wife. My dad gave me the, you have one. 
Wow. So you need to know, be absolutely sure that you are in a bad spot <laughs> and I will come get you, which I think was a lesson of deal with it yourself. Yeah, for sure. For me. I, never, I never cashed it in. Never cashed I it think in. I'll do it like soon. <laughs> he lives about a four hour drive away. I think at this point he would tell you to get staffed. I haven't cashed it in, mate. That's a good point. The deal's a deal. Um, number seven, our wiki keeper is uh, dad's chat at a sports game. And I particularly wanted to raise the, um, I played a lot of hockey as a kid. My dad played hockey. Field or ice? Field. My dad's a lot more of a hockey player than he is, like a cricketer. Um, and he, it was the kind of dad who would coach the team. He also umpire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he got into a fight with a parent on the sidelines Good. who was telling him that he didn't know the rules. <laughs> And this guy came up to my dad on the field. This is like under 11s hockey. Very, very serious. Very serious. Very serious. This bloke stormed the field, Sphinx, and got right into my dad's face and said, you're a wanker, mate. And dad said, you're the wanker, mate. And went to red card him, but he didn't have a red card. He had a lotto ticket. So this bloke (laughs) held up a lotto ticket and carded the bloke. That red card's worth 25 bucks. 25 bucks. Anyway, dad's ability to red card a pedestrian. That's, that's coming in at number seven. <laughs> coming in at number eight, our, our spinner, and this is the turn from the opening batsman, mm-hmm. is accepting you for who you are. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, that's lovely. Isn't that good? That's lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got your, your you know, your hard nose on emotional availability, but also seeing you for who you are, the things you want to do in your life and accepting that. That's so nice. Isn't that good? It's a bit early for the nice one. Yeah, it is. Yeah, true. I should have had that number 10, but here we are. Uh, number nine is a love of the great outdoors. Mm. And I just thought that this would be great as sort of your, your opening bowler or your first change, you know, that are willingness to get out there, to get out there when even when you don't know where you're going or what you're going to do, to pack everybody in the car and drive, you know what I mean? It's like in rugby, the guy that takes the first hit up, it's yes. just a willingness to attack the Existence, unknown. you're exactly right. Um, number 10 is darts slash pool skills. Now, this is, this is your line and length, Sphinxie. This yep, is yep. your dad's incredible ability to be able to hit a length from distance. I had a Polly, my delightful fiance, uh, put on a surprise birthday party for me in Perth. And we went to darts. And my old man turned up. This is like this cool darts joint in mm-hmm. Perth. It's computerized. It's got like, it registers different games you can play. Fabulous. It's really radical. It's called Flight Path, I think. Something like that. Anyway, the old man turns up, never played darts with dad. Shark. Absolute shark, Sphinx. A gun. And look, ungainly, like not graceful, but extraordinary results. I had a similar thing, like never played darts with dad growing up, da 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 da. But once all four of us boys had moved out of home, my parents out got the one pub up around the road. It's a one street town. I come back a year later, they're in darts. All of a sudden they've started a darts comp at their local pub. And dad is, again, he's a tall gangly weirdo like myself the most ungainly throwing action that you can see triple 20 just <laughs> trips, trips, trips 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 taste it loves to shout 180 to random people <laughs> at the party. just fabulous incredible darts and pool skills is our as our one of our other bowlers number 11 our final quick is drink for taste not for effect 
uh, which is a bigger line mm. from from Digger. Um, desperately tried to get me to take family. We our family runs a winery. We're drinking some of it right now. It's fabulous. Um, it's delicious. Can I have some? Send um, it to- yeah, put some in the mail for you. Beautiful. I can actually send you with a bottle on the way home. Actually, I'm going to take that. That's done. Um, uh, yeah, and the old man would always say to me, he'd put a bottle of my wine in my hand when I was like 18. He'd be like. I'd be like, no, Dad, I don't want to take beer. Beer's cool. Wine's lame. He'd be like, drink for taste, not for effect, mate. Drink for taste, not for effect. And if only I'd listened to him, you know, he told me that I should cut my hair short when I had a giant ginger afro. And he told me I should take really high-end, like, beautiful wine to parties, and I never did. And I think I, my life would have been incredible if I'd done that. Can you imagine? I mean, I'm pleased I am where I am, and it all worked out, and happy days. Everything in my life has led up to this moment, and I'm happy, and that yeah. is wonderful. However, yeah. <laughs> my early 20s would have been vastly different. Vastly different. If, if I'd, I'd taken my dad's, dad's advice. advice. I think yeah. this is why dads have so much sage advice, is mm. because it's advice that they got. Granted, different time, but they did not listen to. Indeed. And in their 30s and 40s, they realized it works. Yeah, it works. But because they never took on that advice, they give it to their child Mm. who does not listen. And obviously, we assume that they're an idiot. Yes. I mean, well, yeah. A lot of the time they are. Yeah. But also, my dad at least, idiot savant. He's also a genius. He's also brilliant mm. you just don't know which one's going to be which no and you can't take all the advice you can't take because all. 50% of the time at least you're going to go wrong mm. but there's those little kernels that you keep that you didn't take it and you realised it works in your 30s mm. and then you pass it on to your child and they don't, don't listen, listen to you. and the cycle continues, continues until the sun blows up yeah and the, and the world becomes a crisp and um, yeah <laughs> a crisp yeah yeah crisp you know what I mean a I nice, svelte sort of ball. A velvety plant. A velvety plant golf ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just pinging around the sun. Um, Sphinxy, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having party, me. Mate. And again, I'm only here because someone became a dad. So congratulations to that dad. Congratulations to Chris. We're, we're both really happy for him. And mate, you're such a legend. Thank you for all of your hard work over the summer. I don't know what our two for none recording schedule is going to look like. I'm really hoping I'll be able to put out some episodes with Jai about the India series coming oh, up. Fabulous. Please. Exciting. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it because the next two months of my life looks like the sixth I'll layer take of Dante's Inferno. You could I'll honestly- I'll fill in for Marty. I'll fill in for PC. That, could, PC, that might be the Sphinx and Jai. Yeah. Sphinx and Sing. That could be- That might genuinely be the <laughs> Don't sign yourself up for stuff you're not going to know. My next two months is also really busy. Don't make checks you can't cash. Um- yeah, so look, folks, just stay tuned. We will definitely be back for the Ashes, I think, because we'd love to um, talk nonsense with our friend Tom K. Hawkey. Especially if we win. Especially. Yeah, I will we fly win. to Slovakia to meet the man for the first time if we win. Yeah. Wow. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Can, that's a work expense, right? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll whack it on the business card. <laughs> um, Sphinxy, thanks so much for being here. Any final words of advice before we sign off? No, Thoughts? we've gone all through the dad advice. I think just enjoy the cricket. Enjoy yourselves oh mm. yeah we've gone through a torrid time in the last couple of years it's looking up a little enjoy it embrace it folks embrace it thank you Sphinx you're the best ladies and gentlemen thank you for so much for being with us we will be back who knows when soon probably and in the meantime go those bloody Aussies go, go those Aussies, Aussies. go those Two for None is created by Patrick Cullen and Chris Barty 
This episode was presented by Patrick Cullen and Alex Spinks. The show is produced by Ginger Snap Productions and edited by Mike Wilcox. Correspondence this episode was Tom K. Hawkey, and we had clips from The Kooks, Bad Taste in My Mouth, off the unshelved album Virgin Records 2008. Our recording schedule's a little up in the air from here on in, folks, so stay tuned, and thanks for a great summer. In the meantime, like, rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend about Two For None, share on socials and get the word out. Have a wonderful rest of 2023 and we will see you soon, your legends. In the meantime, go those Aussies! Go those Aussies! Go those Aussies!